Bible's church if you're new here. Uh, we really want you to go on a spiritual journey. Really, our, our whole church is kind of arranged around this spiritual journey. We, we, we believe wholeheartedly, I, I believe that God has a plan for your life. And that God has a spiritual journey that He wants you to go on, every person to go on. I think every person uh, born has, has a plan that God has for their life. I think there's some promises that God made. Matter of fact, I think there's four very, very specific promises that God made to the people of Israel that are, that are available to you. When you become a Christian and follow Jesus and give your whole life to Him, I think there's some promises God makes you. And, and, and these four promises sort of correlate to a spiritual journey that you're on. So really our hope, our whole church, if you're new here, I'll go ahead and tell you the whole, I'll, just, I'll let you in behind the curtain give you the whole idea. Our whole church is about getting you to take a next step on this, on this spiritual journey. And we say it this way, the first step on, on any spiritual journey, the first step in this church, is that we believe that God wants to know you and for you to know Him personally, intimately, vibrantly, in a life-giving relationship. Not know about God, not know about religion or doctrine or theology, but to know God. We say it like that, that, we, that God wants... It, I, it's His plan that you know Him, that you, you have a real relationship that you know God. And after you know God, you give your whole life to Him. We think that you got to settle your yesterdays. It's one thing to be saved, but I've met a lot of saved people who still have a lot of baggage. Come on, everybody. It's, and so once you get saved and, and, and you say, man, I'm in this vibrant relationship with God now that's, that the Holy Spirit's in me and I'm, I'm, a, I'm resting in Him and, and, and I have this open connection, i got to settle my yesterdays. Everybody has a past. Everybody's got habits and hang-ups and, and stuff in your life, hurts in your life that you got to settle all of that. We say it like this. That God wants you to find freedom. That your next step on a spiritual journey, once you give your heart to Jesus, once you know God, is that you find freedom from your past. And you settle your yesterdays. And once you do that, listen close. Once you settle your yesterdays, then it's almost like God sort of wipes the lens off of your spiritual eyes. And you can see your tomorrows. You can see the plan God has for your life. And really the best part of Christianity happens after you. We provide environments for you, groups where you can find freedom. And you start really realizing God has a plan in my life. God has a purpose. We say it like this, that God wants you to discover your purpose. That you were born on purpose with a purpose. That there's no accidents in God's, in God's mind. There's nobody here that was here by accident. And you're not just not an accident, but you've got a purpose in your life to fulfill. And our job is to come alongside you as you take that next step. To really discover your purpose. It's what's going to happen today in growth track. It's, it's our process. We just Everything we do here, every system that we have correlates to these four steps. That's it. It's all, it's all we do, actually, are these four things. Help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose. You can do that today in growth track. So that, so that you can do what I think is the ultimate fulfillment of your life. Listen close. So that, you, so that you, what we call make a difference. So that you can make a difference with your life. I think the greatest purpose on your life is to make a difference in somebody else's life. Say amen to that, everybody. You, you say amen better than that, everybody. There you go. That, listen, it's God's plan for you. Psychologists call this, it, it, it's transcendence. It's when your life transcends this life and you realize I'm living for something bigger than me. I'm really making a difference in somebody else's life. I think it's God's plan for you. As a matter of fact, John 15 says it like this, that this is to my Father's glory. This is Jesus talking. This is to my Father's glory. That this is the plan for your life. That you bear much fruit. Not that you just get a big home, a nice picket fence, you pay the bills, you go to church, you go to home, you just you do the thing, you check the box. No, no, no. God says, my plan for you 
is that you bear much fruit. And if you'll bear a lot of fruit, if your life will make a difference in the lives of others, then people will know that you're my disciple. People will be able to tell your life really is you're following Christ not because you go to church every Sunday because really Christianity isn't about what happens in here. It's about what happens out of here. Amen, everybody? It's about how you live your life and bear much fruit. He said, he said that's what I want you to do. And if you do, verse 11, he skips down and he says, I've told you this. The reason that I want your life to make a difference is not so you'll do work, not so you'll try to earn it. No, 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 I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that you may have complete joy. I think this is the crux of Christianity, that people are saved and on their way to heaven, but they're just not happy about it. There's no joy. There's no fulfillment in their life. There's nothing that really makes them feel fulfilled and happy. And and do you know how to do that? Do you know how to get fulfilled? Do you know where joy comes from? It comes when you live your life bearing much fruit and making a difference in the lives of others. And so this series, the next four weeks, is a make a difference series. It's a make a difference series. And I, I, I want to help you as we sort of shift our focus this, this season onto others. I, I, I want to help you. Know that God has a purpose in your life and that God wants you to make a difference with your life. And we're going to look at one of the most famous men in the Bible. And I'm sorry to do this in front of everybody, but audio, I'm losing all of my uh, monitors here. They're just increasingly going down. I want you to look at the life of uh, one of the most famous guys in the Bible. If you're new to the Bible uh, or the Old Testament specifically, his name's Abram. When we first meet him in the Bible. And Abram, who became Abraham, he lives 2,000 years before Christ is born. And so just to kind of give you kind of where he's at, his wife's name is Sarai, changed to Sarah later. And Sarah can't have a baby. She's barren. She, she hasn't had a child, and, and she can't. And God has given them this promise that they were going to have a son in their old age, and, and his name eventually is Isaac. This is the son God gives Abram, Sarah, Abraham and Sarah. And the promise that, listen to this, the promise that when God gives this promise to Abram, Abram is 75 years old And his wife is 65. Now, there are 75-year-old people in this church who I love and 65-year-old people in this church who I love. But look at me in the eyes. Y'all too old to have babies. All right? This is is well past childbearing age. Even if... Even if physically you it was possible, you just you just tired. Come on, everybody. You know what I'm talking about. You just I just don't want to do it because I because I'm tired about it. And but this is when God gives Abram this promise. Now listen to me. I want you to imagine at 75 and 65, God telling you you're going to have a promised child. God's got something planned for you. But they didn't have this child. Listen, the promise came at 75 and 65, but they didn't have this child until. Until Abram was 100 and Sarah was 90. 190. It's, it's, it's super unusual. i got to be honest with you. It's so unusual. This promise that God makes. Genesis 22 says it like this. I will surely bless you. This is God's promise to Abram. I'll bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the. Here's, the, here's sort of the theme verse for this message series. I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore. That I've promised you sand and stars. And your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. This is sort of a simile that God is giving to Abram. This, this is figurative language. It's, it's, it's like a comparison that, he, that he's making to sort of leave this impression. These word pictures of, of stars in the sky and sands on the sea. I want you to know that's kind of like phrases like this. I want you to be brave as a lion. You know what I'm talking about? Or... or my wife says this to me all the time. 
today, first service, you were clear as mud. Come on, somebody. Like, that, she doesn't mean that. <laughs> like, well, she does when she says it. But she doesn't mean I'm clear at all. And so I try to clean it up. It's better at second service. But, or, or, or we say it's spreading like wildfire. This is what God's doing to Abram. He's giving him a simile. He's saying, listen, your descendants are going to be like stars in the sky. And sand on the, he's painting this word picture. He's using language to stretch Abram's faith. That I want to do something big in your life. I want you to see beyond your life. I want, you, I want to condition you to see what I see for you. But he and Sarah's wife had been barren for so long. It had, been, it had been so long they'd been together and couldn't have kids. But God wanted him to open up his life. Even though it hasn't happened yet to the possibility that it can happen in your life. Look at me in the eyes. Even though it hasn't happened yet, I want to stretch you the next four weeks to the possibility that it can happen in your life. Now, if you're 75 and want a baby, we need to talk afterwards. That's not the promise I'm talking about. But I do think there's some promises God has in your life that some, for, for whatever reason haven't happened yet. But God wants you to continue to believe for sand and stars. That, I, that I'm painting this word picture for you. That I don't just have a little bit I want to do through you. I have a lot I want to bless you with. I don't just have a little bit of promise for you. I want you to look up into the scars, Abram. I want you to see all the stars there. That's the kind of promise I'm making you. That's the kind of blessing I want you to. I want you to look at the sands on the seashore. If you can count all of them, that's the kind of promise I want to give you. And I think that's the plan and the promise that God wants to make in your life. Over the course of the, uh, the next four weeks, the course of this series, I really want to lift your vision, listen close, for your life, and I want to lift your vision for this church. I want to lift our vision together personally and, and in our families and in our marriage, and I want you to lift that vision for what this church can be. I, 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 and, and when I start preaching this way, which by the way, just in case you don't know, the next four weeks I'm going to get wild, primarily because At the Movies is on the way, but also because this is my favorite thing to talk about is God's blessing and promise over your life. But I already hear, I can hear people start self-talking that he ain't talking to me. This ain't for me. This one's not for me. I might as well go out and do something else. I might as well go, you know, go get coffee out there and hang out with the, with the band. They're not out there, but just in case they were. I, I may go out. There. I'm just going to go out there and <laughs> hang out with them. I'm just going to go do something else. There's nothing special to see here. This is not for me. God's not really got that plan for me. That's for somebody else. He's talking to somebody else here. And that's the beauty about this story. Listen, people start thinking there's no way this is for me. And that's exactly how Abram and Sarah felt like. That this can't be for me. But write this down. Here's the first thing you got to know if you're going to have a sand and stars kind of promise from God is that God chooses the unlikely to do the unlikely. God chooses the unlikely to do the unlikely. God chooses people who aren't qualified, don't have all the answers, don't come from the right side of the tracks. The Bible is full of people who God did great things with that weren't qualified, they were unlikely. People who were the most unlikely candidates, Gideon, he called himself the least of his tribe. I'm the least in my family and God calls him a mighty warrior. Esther is this Jew who marries a king. Who, who would have ever thought that she would be the key to saving all of the Jewish people? Moses has a stuttering problem. And God calls him to talk to Pharaoh to let the people of God go. God always chooses the unlikely to do the unlikely. I'm preaching better than you're, than you're preaching with me. I'm doing a whole lot better. I, you're not going to stop me today though. You're not going to stop me today. I'm going to preach till I, I'm going to preach till I convince you this is really for you. 
that God's plan is for you. God tells Samuel, I I want you to go find the next king. And David is so much smaller than all of his brothers. I know that feeling. Come on. David is shorter than everybody else. Doesn't look like everybody else. The Bible says he's redheaded and ruddy. He sunburns all the time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I got two colors, white and red. You know what I mean? That's, That's all I got. I don't. We, I don't tan. I don't. I hate it. Henry. Just he just gets better looking as the sun comes. That doesn't happen to me. I got two shades. I'm either I'm either just translucent or I'm just a lobster. That's all I got. David was this kind of guy, just ruddy, and 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 nobody thought he was. And God tells Samuel, it doesn't matter what he looks like. I don't look what people look at in their life. I find something deeper inside of David. I don't look on the outside like man sees. I'm looking for something more. God always uses the unlikely to do the unlikely. God qualifies the unqualified. You need to write that down. It's not in your notes. God qualifies the unqualified. God qualifies the unqualified. He tells you, I, I know that you feel like you don't have what it takes, but I'm, when I give you this promise, I'm putting my, my anointing on your life, my promises on your life, Abram, to give you sand and stars. Everything God wants to do in your life cannot be done by you. Hear me, because you missed that. Everything God wants to do in your life cannot be done by you. You can't, you can't just arrange, and this is where all the control freaks come from. Where are all my control freaks at? Where are you at? Raise your hand. Yeah, hands up first. I knew that you would be the ones. Because you don't let your spouse raise his hand. You're like, I got this. Good. <laughs> I, you take notes. I'm going to stand over here and listen for both of us. <laughs> uh, this is where all, everybody who likes to control their life thinks, no, you don't understand. I can do this. I can work this out. No, no, no. Everything God wants to do through you can't always be done by you. You need God's hand on your life. You need something bigger than you that you can reach for that God has put His hands on you. I want to give you sand and stars, Abram, but God, you don't understand. We can't have a baby. God, you don't understand. She's 65. I love her. Mama, get over here to me, but the mama's old. Daddy still got it, but I don't know about mama. Come on. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. God, she's 65. I don't know if it can happen. Listen, God doesn't just want to do massive things for you, but God wants to put massive things inside of you. God wants to put dreams inside of you and things that aren't there yet. God wants to awake. I talked to one of our dream teamers before service today who was here early, who serves in our security team, and he's dreaming. His family's working on a business venture that he won't tell me about, so I can't pray specifically. So he's not going to tell you about it either until he tells me so I can pray specifically about it. But every time we talk about it, his eyes light up because God's put something in his heart, something in his wife's heart that he wants to do. God wants to put sand and stars on the inside of you where you've stopped dreaming stopped believing stopped having vision for more God wants to give this church a sand and stars kind of vision maybe it's a desire to see your family come to Christ maybe it's a desire to see lost people in your world your sand and stars is seeing the day at at the movies that your husband finally raises his hand surrenders his heart to Christ maybe it's the day your neighbor who you've been praying for your co-worker who you've worked with 20 years your father who's walked away from church when he was a teenager finally comes back to God maybe that's the sand and stars promise God has for your life maybe it's vision to start your own business but, but, but you don't know where you lack the resources but God is giving you that sand and stars kind of vision that you say I don't know where it's coming from but I'm believing God that I've, I see a business that's flourishing 
even when I don't have the money to start it. Maybe it's a desire to just serve a need, to, to really become something that you don't, but you lack the education. You say, I don't know, I can't do this. But you see yourself making a difference. You see yourself, maybe it's a sand and stars promise to finally break an addiction over your life and you've had failed attempt after failed attempt. But you see yourself living in freedom from that thing. That's the sand and stars promise. The first thing you got to know is this, that God chooses the unlikely to do the unlikely. But after you realize that God may have chosen you, write this down, you got to see it to be it you got to see it to be it. Now, this is not that kind of church that's, that, 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 you know, that you just you know, blab it and grab it. And that's not the kind of... But listen, there's some, there's, some, there's some Bible, there's some solid theology that says you will not attain anything you can't first see with your spiritual eyes. This is not see it and believe it. This is see it and be it. There's a difference. Seeing it and believing it means, well, I know that God could do it for them. And, and I, man, I believe God can do that. But seeing it and being it is, I think God wants to do it for me. I think there's something in my life. I, this, is, this is why God says to Abram, Abram, look into the stars. It was sight. Look at the sand on the seashore. It was sight. I want you to, I physically want to give you something to see to show you what you'll be. I want to give you a picture of what could happen. I want to give this church a picture of what we could be. I want to paint a picture over the next four weeks of a church that we could be, of a family that you could have. I want to give you a picture of everything I'm going to do for you. So full, so big, so much that you can't really capture it with language. So I'll have to give you a picture because a picture is worth a thousand words. Abram, it's a lot like stars in the sky and sand. In the seashore. And you start seeing it so you can be it. And when you're taking a walk, Abram, and you pass by the seashore. And you see all of that sand. And when you look up into the night sky. I want it to always be in front of you in the daytime and at nighttime. I want you to always remember the promise that I have over your life. Am I helping you? anybody? Am I stretching you today to see the promise God has in your life? That there's something God wants to do for you and stretch you. And God wants to use our imaginations. When we're kids, our imaginations are so big. Anybody's kids got wild imaginations like mine? My little boy and little girl, they just they create their own little worlds. I really love it when they do that because they give my world a rest. Come on. And they just they kind of go around in their own little thing. It's amazing what happens over time that the enemy steals your imagination. You were never designed to quit dreaming. You were never designed. Your mind was designed by God to be creative and imaginative of what God could do in your life. And God is training Abraham. And some of us are in training for more. I want you to see stars and see sand and start imagining what I can do in your life. It's kind of like when you get ready to go on vacation. It's some of my favorite times of the year when Brandy and I get to slip away with our kids for a few uh, days away and, and weeks before I get to vacation I start anticipating it I start thinking about it I have a tough time sleeping knowing I get to sleep come on everybody you know like I just I just I'm, I start adjusting my life now I start taking care of things because I'm gonna be out of commission I start to, you know tying up loose ends when I travel if I'm driving somewhere I'm gonna re, I'm gonna reset my watch I'm gonna get to a different time zone it affects what I do in this time zone I got to get prepared I got to go, we're gonna go to bed earlier because we got stuff to do now Brandy doesn't vacation quite 
quite like that. But that's the way. i got to always be thinking, where am I? I, I, I? But before we go, we start watching our diet a little bit more. Because when you're on vacation, you cannot diet. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a law in Leviticus. I didn't write it. It's, it's in the Bible. You don't vacation on diets. I mean, you don't diet on vacation, I'm sorry, or vacation on diet. You don't do either one. Diet and vacation don't go together. And so you start just eating everything because I'm not going to do that when I get there. Listen close. I'm, I'm going to act now like I want to act when I get there. I'm preparing. I'm thinking. I'm acting like where I'm going. And God is calling Abraham to do that same thing. I want you to prepare and think and act. I'm going to challenge you to see something that isn't here yet. So that you can be that. I want you to start talking about where you're going. I want you to start talking about the promise that's ahead of you and not what's behind you. I'm challenging this church in this fall season. Listen close. I'm challenging your family to take this fall talking about what's ahead of you and not what's behind you. Talking about what God will do in your life, not just the past victories that you've won. Talking about the things God wants to continue to bless you with, not the past blessing that you got. Nothing wrong with you being grateful, I want you to be. Nothing wrong with remembering where God brought you from, I want you to. But I want to focus your attention on what I could do through you. What's still ahead for you. I want you to see it and be it. I want you to, I want you to look up into the stars at night. And no, Abram, I have a plan for your life. How, how would our marriage be different if we did this? How would our life be different? How would our family be different? How would our career be different if we focused our whole lives on what was ahead of us and not what's behind us? People live in northwest San Antonio and kind of our part of San Antonio. They talk about how expensive the area is. Our team that's on the, on the hunt for a permanent, our first permanent facility for City Hills Almost weekly, we talk about the price of land and the price of buildings and how much it is. And, and, and we think, man, there's just no way. But what if, listen, we, sometimes we don't have the capacity to know that if God didn't set us here, He couldn't show up and do the miracle that He wants to do. Well, what if God put you somewhere just so He could show up in a way that you couldn't take credit for it? What if God put you where you are? People just want out. They just, I just want a different way. But maybe God's trying to get in where you are while you're trying to get out of where you are. Maybe God's trying to get into your life and have you dream something bigger. Some of you are just trying to get out of your career. And God's saying, what if I have more in this career? God, some of you are trying to get out of your house, out of your neighborhood. Don't get out of your marriage. I just, I just want out of this thing so that I can... What if God's saying, let, won't you let me inside of there and give you a sand and stars kind of miracle inside? you got to see what God wants to do. That's good preaching, ain't it? I know. People say all the time, well, this is just my luck. I meet people who say, Pastor, you don't know. This is just my luck. It's just what happens to me when something bad happens. When, when someone says, this is just my luck, let me tell you what they're telling me. That I see myself as not worthy of anything better than this. I don't think God has anything more than just what this is. I guess this is just my luck. I guess this is the way it will always be. That is not the way it will always be. You and I live in such a negative world, everybody. Every time you turn the TV on, there's negativity. There's people fighting. That we're living in a, in a political climate that is nasty. And by the way, it's not godly. I'll go ahead and take a stand on that. It's not God's will for you to get on Facebook and tell everybody how wrong they are. That is not what Christians are called to do. This is not our hour to do that. Listen, the wor- write this down. Here's the way I say Our world has never, our world has never needed people with a God-sized vision more than they do right now. 
with the world caving in on itself, with problems all around, with darkness all around, with political unrest, with country, with, with things are just uneasy and unrestful and fighting. And there has never been a time where your world, your neighborhood, your family, your marriage, your job needs you to walk in with a God-sized vision. Hey, everybody, I know it looks bad now, but God's given us a promise. I know it doesn't look like it now, but God's got something great for us. I really believe as dark as America is right now, you hear me? As clearly as I can tell you, it is God. the reason why we are here today is because I believe we're on the final wave of a church planting movement that will sweep across America. We're going to plant thousands of life-giving churches and there are going to be millions of people say yes to Jesus right before Jesus comes back for His glorious church. I really believe that. We need a God-sized vision. Your world needs a God-sized vision. The darker the night gets, the more we need people who carry the light. Who say, I, I know, the more confusion we have. you got to see it to be it. People need clarity. God says to Abram, not only do I want you to see sand and stars, but i got something else for you. Genesis 17, 5. He says, no longer will you be called Abram. I want to change your name. Your name will be Abraham. Because I made you father of many nations. It literally, that, that simple change in Hebrew denotes that he has a family. I love this, that God changes his name to Abraham. And he speaks to Abraham, look at this, in the past tense. I'm changing your name to Abraham because I have made you, past tense, the father of many nations. Uh, it's almost like God saying, it's already been done for you. I just want you to start what. God, I feel like I, if I could stand on that right there and jump halfway to Arnold, I would right now. Uh, you, you, God said, I want, you to, I want you to start acting like what it is I've already promised you to be. This is 20 years before Sarah starts showing. 20 years before Sarah starts showing the promise. God tells Abram, I've already made you this. I've already promised you this. Now, I've chosen you even though you're unlikely to do the unlikely. I want you to see sand and stars. And finally, I want you to start acting your stage. Write that down. I want you to start acting your stage. I, I, I've already given you the stage of the promise. I'm just waiting on you to start acting like what I've promised you to be. I want you to start acting like where I've called you to go. Don't act your age, even though some of you that would help. I want you to act your, st <laughs> act your stage, everybody. Act the stage that God's got. I know that sounds crazy. It's the only way I could tell you. Act the stage. God says to Abraham, I'm going to call you right now what I've already made you back then. When you were 15 years old in a, in a summer youth camp and God called you. That, I've already promised you that. I just, I'm ready for you to start acting like that. When you were 25 years old, sitting in a mission service and God called you to be a missionary. And here you are 45 years old, not done what God called you to do. I'm not making you a new promise. I'm just telling you start acting like the promise I already made for you. Start acting like the stage that I'm putting you in. I already see it as done. Stop thinking in old categories. Stop thinking in old mindsets. Start thinking and planning and living like where you're headed. Not where you've been or where you are. Say amen to that, everybody. I'm going to calm down. i got to preach again. I want you to start acting like I'm moving you forward. And when you, move, when you start acting like where I'm moving you, it's amazing. Wherever it is your head goes, your body follows. 
when you start act, when you think, when you start acting your stage and thinking your stage, suddenly your, your body starts following towards the promise God has for you. He said, Abraham, I want, I'm going to change your name. I want you to wear a new name tag. It says, hello, my name's Abraham. And everybody goes, Abraham, that's crazy. You don't have any kids. Aren't you the 78-year-old? Yep, I am. Isn't Sarah 68? Yes, she is. Don't talk about my wife like that. Isn't, isn't, is everything, are, are y'all really going to have a kid? Your name is Abraham? God said, Ab- yeah, God called you a father of many nations and you're 82 years old and you don't have any kids yet? Yep, crazy, isn't it? You're 91, still don't have any kids and you're going to stick with Abraham. Yep, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to act like it. I honestly believe with all of my heart that the day God changed his name to Abraham, Sarah decorated the nursery. Because you've got to act like the stage God gives you. Not where you are. Act like the marriage you want to have. Act like the, the financial freedom that you want to have. Don't go out and buy a lake house till you have that freedom. But, but, but act like it. Start, start, start spending like Start saving like Start giving like Start being a part. Start treating your family like Start acting like the business owner you want to be. Start acting the stage. Start living like the stage God's moving. Start moving it forward. You can't just show up on the scene and become who God wants you to be. Meghan Markle. Anybody love the royal family? Where are you at on that, everybody? Meghan Markle. Uh, uh, she, she just married Prince uh, Harry. By the way, his name's Henry. And she just married Prince uh, Harry. She did not wait till they got back from the honeymoon to go, Okay, tell me what I need to do now. Where do we go? Where do I stand? What, what do I have to wear? No, no, no. The moment Harry put a ring on it, they said, Come here, girl. We got to talk to you. Come here. <laughs> Come here. We, first of all, you're crazy daddy. We got to put him back there. Y'all know what I'm saying? We got to start training you. God, we got to start training you to be the princess that you're about to be. We, we got to train you how to act, the decorum, the manners, the, the, everything's got to, the moment that the vows are coming, but before the vows come, I'm going to teach you how to live like a princess, act like a princess. God says, I want you to start acting the stage that I've got prepared for you. I want this church to start acting like the church. God's prepared us. God's vision is like this. Isaiah 46 says, For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring, here's what God does for your life. The end from the beginning. And from ancient things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all that, I, that my pleasure is. In other words, God says, I've already planned this for you. I'm just waiting on you to catch up to start acting like what I promised you. I'm waiting for you to act like you've got sand and stars in your future. Hello, my name's Abraham. Abraham, you don't have any kids, doesn't matter. I know what God's promised me. I know what God, God sees the end from the beginning and I'm going to act like who He gets. Listen, when I show up to this church, let, let, let me give you some vision. I don't preach to 400, 450 people. I show up and preach to stadiums of thousands every weekend. I see what isn't here yet. I don't show up to a movie theater in a portable location that smells like, it smells like last night's nacho cheese. I don't do it. No, no, no. I show up to a permanent building that houses our ministry center where thousands Thousands of ten, where family ministries happen every day, where we feed the hungry and clothe the naked, where we have a prayer room that's open 24 hours a day, where people pray constantly for the nations, where we broadcast the message that I'm preaching to you right now around the world and campuses all over the hill country in San Antonio. I don't act like I'm where I am. I act like where we're going to, what God has planned for us. I'm going to act like the state. We don't worship like it's just us. We don't lead like it's just us. We don't act 
act like it's just us. We lead and worship and act like where God's called us to be. I'm still going to preach like this when thousands are here, by the way. It may get worse before it gets better. <laughs> the more vivid our vision is, the more you start acting like it. Come play for him, Henry, and make them think I'm quitting. The more active you'll become. God has already promised to prosper His church. I just, we're just going to start acting like it. You're going to see changes around City Hills. Not because, listen, it's not because we think we're, it's because we know where God's called us to be. I'm going to ask you to step up in ways that we haven't before. We get to be a part of something bigger than what we see now. I'm going to call you to sand and stars to see what God could do in your family. I wonder what God has already done for you that you haven't even realized He's done yet. I wonder what door is already opened that you keep asking God to open. You just got to act your stage. He told Abraham, I've made you. I've made you the father of many nations without a baby. Because sand and stars forces us, write this down, it forces us to get bigger on the inside before we get bigger on the outside. I told our team recently in our yearly offsite, we're going to start acting like the church God's called us to be. We already give like the church that I think God's called us to be. We're going to give more. Two weeks ago I was in a conference in Dallas, Texas, and I felt like God very strongly put on my... We're, we're going to give more to missions in the last three months than we have ever given of this year. You say, why? We're saving for a building. We are. But we're going to act like the church that God has called us to be. A church that gives away millions of dollars every year outside of the walls of this church to change the world, to plant life-giving churches, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to give homes and shelters to children who need it. I'm going to push you out of your comfort zone, Abraham. Sarah didn't start showing until she was 90. But Abraham had been growing for 25 years. And it could be that the promise that God has for you is just waiting on you to catch up. It's just waiting on you to get out of your comfort zone and see what you aren't seeing. and Change your speech from I could never do that to maybe God would promise us this. With God all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Stop fretting over your problems. Start believing God for your possibilities. Stop worried about what you don't have. Start putting to work things you do have. Stop worrying about what hasn't happened yet. And start believing God for what's just around the corner. Sand and stars. Don't let your past, don't let your circumstance, don't let your position in life define you any longer. Refuse for the world to call you Abram when God calls you Abraham. I'd correct people. My first name, maybe this may be, Brandy's been in my ministry 20 years. This may be the first time I've publicly said this. Most of you know. My middle name is Mitchell with one L, by the way. My middle name is Mitchell. All of my life, my parents have called me Mitchell. My first name is Curtis, C-U-R-T-I-S. There it is. Good name, isn't it? All good-looking guys are named Curtis. Anyway. I remember as a, as a little boy in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, 
my teacher, you know, when you're when you're new to you know in school or what, and they would just use the name that they were, you know, they'd, and they'd call me Curtis. And I was so embarrassed. I didn't know why my parents picked my middle name, and I was just so. And I would correct everybody. <laughs> it's Mitch. It's Mitchell. It was Mitchell all of my life. It was, it was it's Mitchell, not not Curtis. Some of you need to correct the enemy when he tells you. The, you you're just a nobody from nowhere with no money, no value. No, 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 that's not my name. I can see Abram for 25 years every time he went to Walmart and someone said, have a good day, Abram. He says, that's Abraham to you. <laughs> that's Abraham to you. But you don't have any kids yet. Hey, yeah, 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 but God's promised me, Sam, stars. You, you, your failures are too much. You're, you're never going to get past your past. No, 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 that's not who I am. God chooses the unlikely like me to do the unlikely. God's calling you. As a matter of fact, I think God's calling some of you today to step out of your comfort zone and do something some of you have only prayed about doing, and that's making a difference in the world. Some of you have never traveled outside of the United States. Sometimes I meet people who never left Texas, which is big enough. It's kind of a nation all to itself. You know what I mean? And you think, man, I'd love to be a missionary. I'd love to. I'd love to be in. Uh, I'd love to be in Nicaragua. I'd love to be in the Philippines. I'd love to go to Zimbabwe. I have a heart for Africa and Asia. I'd love, love, love to go to China, smuggle Bibles. People that don't have a copy of God's Word. I'd love to go to North Korea. Stare into the faces of Korean children and tell them, you've got purpose and destiny on you. Some of you thought there's just no way I can make a difference past this world but today I'm going to give you a chance to do that the reason why I chose our missions partner to come in on the first week of this series is because I knew God was going to talk to some of you that you have that sand and stars kind of promise over your life that you can make a difference One Child Matters is our missions partner who who, who makes a, a way for kids to have development and and really there's some tangible stuff they do like, like feeding and clothing and school and education. And there's some untangible, some intangible things they do like, like providing hopes and dreams again. Like preaching the way I'm preaching to you to kids that don't have that hope any other way. Like, I brought a video. Like Anthony. That I, I, matter of fact, I want you to take a look at this story and see if it resonates with you. Take a look at the screen.
So, when you leave today, our partners are out in the lobby, and I'm not going to hard sell. I'm just going to tell you what Brandy and I are going to do. I picked two kids. Stephen is from the Philippines, and he's three. Little boy looks like he looks like my little boy. And Blessing is from Zimbabwe, and she's seven, like my little girl. And and and. Pastor Brandon can answer all the, the particulars. It's, it's 39 bucks a month. There's no commitment. No, you don't have to do it for 10 years, 20 years. You can just, just don't walk off with these if you're not going to sponsor them. Don't take them home. But I'm asking this church to step beyond your walls. I've told you, God spoke to me two weeks ago and said, we're going to do more than we've ever done. You say, why would we, why would we talk about missions? <laughs> why, would we, why would you have a missions partner now? Because if, if we'll do, listen to close. If we'll do this for others, God will do it for us. If we'll build churches in other cities, God will build us a church. If we'll adopt children in other areas, God will bless your children. If we'll, if we'll do what God, Isaiah 58 says, here's the fast that I have. This is what God promises them. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take care of the orphan. I want you to feed the hungry. I want you to clothe the naked. I want you to build shelter for those that don't have it. And when you do, He gives 15 promises in Isaiah 58. I want the promises of God on this church. I want the promises of God on your life. I want you to have a sand and stars kind of promise. So if the Holy Spirit leads you, this is all I'll ask. Stop by the booth today. Get all your questions answered. There are 35 kids they had they brought with them. That's not a lot. Maybe we could sponsor all of those kids today from this church. We send money. Matter of fact, today we're, we're writing a large check on top of all of that. I told you I'm going to give it up. My board may fire me by this week. I'm going to give it all away. I'm going to give it all away. I told God, God... You can give us a building whenever you want to, but I'm going to give it all away. I'm going to do everything I can to reach this world with a sand and stars kind of God that has a plan for their lives, that loves them right where they are. We're going to write a check today on your behalf and going to go to projects that One Child Matters is building all around the world. Maybe God would talk to you. Why don't you stand? We always end our service by giving, so we're going to give today to this church. And When you give to City Hills, you don't really give to a church, you give through a church. I'm going to pray. I know somebody says, we didn't pray. We didn't. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask God to just open your eyes. Today's kind of a next step kind of message. Sometimes, let me tell you what happens sometimes in churches. Listen to me, don't move, listen. 
Sometimes in churches we, 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 we pray and we cry a little bit and we get it off of us. You know what I mean? Anybody ever cried your way through something? You know what I mean? And then when you walk out, you go, Phew. I'm glad that was over. I <laughs> like that. Whew, that got on me there for a minute. I almost did something. I'm not going to let you off the hook today. I want you to do something. I want you to go to growth track. I want you to get on a team. I want you to open your eyes. I want you to stick around and serve. I want you to sponsor a child. I want you to come to prayer in the morning. I want you to, I want you to believe God for the impossible.